You probably know that in our beautiful Catholic tradition, certain days of the week and the months of the year have a special dedication. For instance, you probably know that May is always dedicated to Our Lady and that October is dedicated to the Rosary. Each month of the year has a special dedication. So I wanted to tell you today about the dedication of the month of September. It's dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows, or sometimes dedicated to the Sorrows of Our Lady. That is, sorry, that is because the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows occurs in this month, which is, of course, the uh, 15th of September, the day that follows the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. We also have in September the Nativity of Our Lady on the 8th of September. But back to Our Lady of Sorrows, why is the month dedicated to her under this title? Well, on Good Friday in 1239, near the city of Florence in Italy, our Blessed Mother appeared to seven holy men. These seven men had renounced everything, renounced the world and the wealth that they may have had, to devote themselves to a life of prayer and penance. And she desired, if they wished to please her, that they would meditate often on the sorrows she suffered during the life, passion and death of her Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. She also asked that the seven men formally institute a religious order dedicated to the remembrance and meditation on the seven sorrows of our Blessed Lady. That order became known as the Servants of Mary, or sometimes called the Order of Servites. And this religious order was instrumental in helping the devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows flourish throughout the Church. Since then, various popes have encouraged this devotion. Generous indulgences have been bestowed on its practice and its invocations. And of course, the liturgical feast of Our Lady of Sorrows on the 15th of September was introduced. Let me just quote to you something that St. Alphonsus Liguri wrote, commenting on Our Lady's Sorrows. He said, The great torments which Mary endured for us, torments that were more than a thousand deaths, deserve both our compassion and our gratitude. If we can make no other return for such love, at least let us give a few moments each day to consider the greatness of the suffering by which Mary became the Queen of Martyrs. For the sufferings of her great martyrdom exceeded those of all the martyrs, being in the first place the longest in point of duration and in the second place the greatest in point of intensity. So what are the seven sorrows of Our Lady? The first is the prophecy of Simeon, 
where she heard the prophecy that a sword would pierce her own heart and soul. Second, the flight into Egypt with Joseph and the baby Jesus to escape the evil Herod. The third is the three days of separation from Jesus when she and Joseph lost him in Jerusalem when he was twelve. The fourth is the meeting of Jesus and Mary, that most sorrowful meeting between them on Christ's way to Calvary. The fifth sorrow, of course, is her standing at the cross and being witness and co-sufferer with her son in his crucifixion and death. The sixth sorrow is the removal of Christ's body from the cross. And don't we have that poignant and moving image of Michelangelo, the Pietà, Our Lady holding the body of her dead son in her arms. And the seventh sorrow is, of course, the burial of Jesus in the tomb. There is a way to honour the seven sorrows, of course, giving them some thought regularly, if each not each day, and that's called the chaplet of Our Lady of Sorrows. And how to pray the chaplet is very simple. Of course, there are beads that you can pray them on, and you can buy special beads made for the chaplet of Our Lady of Sorrows. Or you could use your fingers if you haven't got the special beads. But the way that it is prayed is to contemplate on each of those seven sorrows that I just read out. And as you say and as you contemplate each of those sorrows, you pray seven Hail Marys for each of the seven sorrows of Our Lady. And then at the end, to pray three Hail Marys in remembrance of the tears that Mary shed because of the suffering of her divine Son on the cross. And then to finish with this prayer. Pray for us, O most sorrowful Virgin, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Lord Jesus, we now implore both for the present and for the hour of our death the intercession of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary, your Mother, whose holy soul was pierced during your passion by a sword of grief. Grant us this favour, O Saviour of the world, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit for ever and ever. Amen. There is also a litany of Our Lady of the Seven Sorrows, composed by Pope Pius VII during his captivity in 1809. And it has beautiful remembrances and titles given to Our Lady. Of course, Sorrowful Mother, Tearful Mother, Mother Overwhelmed with Grief, Fountain of Tears, Mirror, mirror of Patience, Shield of the, for, of the Oppressed and Refuge of the Forsaken, Strength of the Weak, Terror of the Treacherous, and Treasure of the Prophets. 
And then there's also a Lenten novena, prayer, a novena to make during Lent to Our Lady of Sorrows. And that's something that could be said every day in Lent. I just thought I'd record that at the beginning or towards the beginning of the month of September, asking that you consider some way in which you can regularly honour Our Lady of Sorrows and contemplate upon her most deep and intense sufferings that she endured because of her son. So may the most sorrowful Virgin, Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us and protect us and our families. Amen.